0: Come from. Gentlemen, do you realize what we found? It came from outer
1: space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. comes <laughs> From outer space.
0: And.
2: Press the button. The red button? Yes. The red pill? You guys want to take a trip down the rabbit hole tonight?
1: I can. I'm not allowed to leave my house. You don't have to leave your house.
2: Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast from outer space. We got T-Bag, a.k.a. Adam Narlock in the house tonight.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening.
2: And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Aloha,
1: ladies and gentlemen.
2: (laughs) We interrupt your
1: normal podcast listening to bring you an important update from the podcast from outer space. With me tonight is anchor Rob Scott.
2: And tonight, guys, we're bringing you a special episode on... Covid nineteen, also known as the coronavirus, yes, pandemic special. we are back at it now this is a this is I
0: think a record for us uh jumping back in the lab, you know, this is like old times, you know, weekly episodes, huh? Mm. It's also a record that we're all on lockdown right now, yes, so um that is probably why now uh,
2: <laughs> obviously.
0: You know, everything's been going on since, I guess, November, more or less, uh, how much this has ramped up since January. We want to kind of give you guys a full episode. A lot of people have asked us to do it, so we figure, hell, what the hell? Why not we cover the novel coronavirus? Now, right off the bat, novel coronavirus? I thought it was novel. I'm thinking, like, is this the great uh, novel? Is this the great American novel? Um, this is the novel coronavirus. I guess that means it, like, um, the strain was NCOV, which is like it hadn't been previously identified in humans, I guess, only birds or something like that, is what I gather. Um, so I, you know, I've just been like reading stuff here and there. Uh, last week or two, I really took a head on dive into the research for this one because it seems. Like, with everything going on, there's a ton of unanswered questions. People are skeptical. Um, You know, I I mean, what the hell is going on here, guys? It seems like we're living in the beginning of a a
2: classic sci-fi movie. Well, that's the thing is no one really knows. Exactly. To my knowledge. And nobody really knows who to believe. And the people that do know aren't really talking too much about it.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, we've got both uh, coasts covered here. So, I mean, how are they dealing with it out by you, T-Bag, over in uh, North Carolina? What's, what, are, what is daily life like?
1: I mean, up until recently, it had been normal people going out and about to do their business. But I think within the last couple of days, Durham had, like, 80-plus cases, so they put people on lockdown like you guys are. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I yeah, I basically saw this thing go from... And keep in mind, I was traveling when this thing was going on. Costa Rica, uh, baby. Yeah, I'm in Costa Rica. I'm on vacation. I get back. I got to drive to Arizona for a wedding and basically get back right when they put us on (laughs) lockdown. So I'm like, what the hell? I'm all over the place. I saw this thing go from basically like a China problem, a China virus, as Trump says, uh, to memes of people buying toilet paper uh, to, oh, we're canceling all sports to the government is controlling your every move, and then it's kind of morphed into, like, how dare you not stay home for all these elderly people? I mean, can mm. you guys remember anything in recent times uh, similar to what's going on here? I cannot, sir. Like, what would you say? I mean, like, 9-11, I think, was a pretty big world event. Maybe,
2: like, hur- yeah. like we've lived through some brutal hurricanes, I'd say. Yeah, but 9-11 was, like, it happened, and then... Yeah, I mean, talked it's, about it it's for like, a long Yeah, time. <laughs> I think
0: it was a little more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like hurricanes, you can't I can mean,
1: fly without getting probed. Now um, we just talked about it, though.
0: Like Katrina was pretty disastrous. Did you um, get probed
2: last time you flew, buddy? Well, I
0: so didn't we're think still I on the nine eleven.
2: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> what <laughs> that, were you hiding up there? Guys, let's leave that for a nine eleven. <laughs> now, uh, now remember Hurricane Isabel? They like canceled school and the power was out for a long time. I do remember that being fairly like concerning, but you know that dissipated quickly. Am I right?
2: But I mean, that's just that was and just that's, a couple of states yeah, affected. And that's that wasn't only, the whole yeah, country, the whole world.
0: Yeah, and maybe like the two thousand eight financial crisis. I mean, I know that. Uh, I remember that well. I right when I started trading stocks, (laughs) you were still pretty young. (laughs) But that did affect the whole economy. That's not just people that created stocks. I'm kidding, dude. Um, And then, and then, you know, I've seen a lot of people comparing this to past epidemics like uh, SARS, Ebola, H1N1, and and we'll get into that. Uh, Some even go further, saying this is a ploy. This happens every election year. Uh, Mess with the numbers. There's theories this thing is man made or not even real at all. It's some sort of media hoax. Um, It's a power play by the government to control people. I've seen posts saying this is going to be the next black plague. This is going to wipe out a quarter of the population. Uh, Lots of shit out there. And with this episode, I really wanted to get some of the cold, hard facts out there. Um, Sort out, as we said, the wheat chaff, you know? And I guess.
1: What are the day calendar? What? Wheat chaff? Is that on like your word of the day calendar? Do you have one of those?
0: No, you know, I was just saying what? it last episode. Is that That's the term, like the wheat from the chaff.
1: We got to come up with something else and for the next one.
0: And next. chaff is the stuff you don't want, right? I mean, I never want like farmers, chaff. buddy? Okay, well, anyways, I've got some chaff in here. And I guess <laughs> we're also going to like dispel some of the theories going out there some of the misinformation or hell maybe even prove some stuff uh some of the more ridiculous theories out there because i feel like with this one as i'm go the more i look at it, i've been looking at this stuff for the past fucking two days um mm. even longer than that but like more seriously like editing and stuff the past two days i wind up with the 20 page outline here now the more I look at it, the more fucking confused I am. And basically, yep. my day-to-day for the last week has just been beaming bad news into my head, doing my job, and then staying in my in my apartment
2: all day, going to bed, repeat. If you can hear that, that's the world's smallest violin playing you a sad song, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> now, uh... <laughs> no,
0: I, I truly don't think this is some super virus that's gonna wreak havoc on the population and launch us into a Mad Max type scenario. But I that hope
2: th- so. That'd be
0: cool. Yeah, that would be no. cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be cool, dude.
1: This is I just
0: the same long, guy that
1: thought it was a nightmare. I just wanted to know what you guys reaction. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now uh, at the same time though, this isn't I don't think this is some bullshit media hyped frenzy that we just shouldn't pay any mind to, you know, I feel like the truth is somewhere in the middle. We got to kind of bring in the polarity of the situation. If you will, um, we gotta, we want to present you with it from all angles. You know, you're getting it from all angles here at the podcast from outer space. Um, we're going to give you everything, cover all sides. I've tried to use a range of sources here so you guys can kind of form your own opinions and um, as always, you know, if you have any more information or anything we might not have covered, drop us a line. Uh, we welcome any new perspectives. I'm sure some of you out there might be on the front lines of this thing. Uh, you know, our healthcare workers, Godspeed to you guys. Uh, but God bless, honestly. Yeah, and, and really any insights from the Loyal Legion, always welcomed. And I guess also it's important to um, hit you with this right up top. We are not doctors. I'm only a lawyer, guys. I'm not a doctor yet. I tell girls I am one. We are not uh, epidemiologists. Uh, It's no secret there. So yet, um, this is literally just what I've been able to research from public information. I've been able to find from a variety of different sources, Uh, and I'm and I'm trying to stick to like objective facts. Uh, I mean, we did throw in some conspiracy theories at the end, uh, none of which hold too much water, um, if any. Uh, But you know, this is. This isn't going to be some fear-mongering bullshit meant to scare people. I was really concerned with getting a broad range of aspects out there. So I, I try to keep things as objective as possible. Because um, as we said, there's so many moving parts. There seems to be a lot of bullshit. Uh, people don't know what to believe. This is new. Um, so the info that's coming out today could be different than what comes out tomorrow. Uh, no doubt this is going to be studied for decades to come. Uh, books will be written. Films will be made and new information will continue to come out.
1: But basically, you know, with all these angles and moving parts, welcome to the gangbang.
0: Tuck the words right out of my mouth. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't if you didn't pick up on the uh, metaphor, this is basically a gangbang of information on coronavirus. <laughs> um so you know, you the- <laughs>
2: guys are just going to be drilling interiors for the next couple hours.
0: <laughs> so with with anything you know of this magnitude and so many moving parts, as we said, some of the questions to ask: uh, When did the disease first start? Now, according to the World Health Organization, uh, December eighth, twenty nineteen, uh, the onset of symptoms for the first cluster of victims. Uh, now, when did the Chinese government become aware? Well, China first informs the World Health Organization of a cluster of what was then thought to be pneumonia. Uh, December 31st of 2019, January 1st of 2020, China arrested eight people for spreading rumors about the dangers Mm -hmm. of the sicknesses. Now, how long is the asymptomatic infectious phase before symptoms begin to appear? Now, with this, it seems to be anywhere from 2 to 14 days with an average of about 5. For some comparison, the common seasonal flu is an average of 3 days before you you start to show symptoms. Um, And obviously, 14 days is the most extreme. Now, how widespread is the disease? Uh, Even these numbers are dated because as of March 20th, more than 246,000 cases have been reported in over 170 countries and territories, resulting in more than 10,000 deaths and 87,000 recoveries. But it seems as if Rob is pulling up some new numbers now. So as of March 26th, we've got 467,000 cases. Almost double
2: the number that you had on the 20th.
0: Uh, Total deaths, we got 21,000 and in 194 countries worldwide. Now, let's go with some of the basic facts. So we'll start off. This is like what most people seem to agree on with like the virus itself. Now, while the disease is named COVID-19, the virus that it causes was named SARS-CoV-2 by the World Health Organization. COVID-19, CO for corona, V for virus, ID for infectious disease. And 19, as the first diagnosed case, was December 31st, 2019. Basically, the virus um, that it causes is acute, uh, severe acute respiratory syndrome, um, that is SARS. Uh, so the disease was first identified in 2019 in Wuhan, China, since spread globally, resulting in the current state of affairs we all find ourselves in the midst of known as the 2019-2020 coronavirus pandemic. Now, common symptoms include fever, cough, and shortness of breath, although I I was reading something that said that's, like, less common now. Uh, Less common symptoms include muscle pain, um, phlegm, and sore throat. While the majority of cases result in mild symptoms, some progress to severe pneumonia and multi-organ failure. Now, the infection is typically spread from one person to another via respiratory droplets uh, produced during coughing and sneezing. Uh, This hasn't been fully proven, but it seems to add up um, that the colder the climate, the better the conditions for the spread of the virus. Uh, Few studies that are currently ongoing show COVID-19 was transmitted more rapidly in cities with cooler and drier weather conditions. Uh, Wuhan, which was the epicenter of the virus typically has temperatures in the 40s, uh, 40 degrees Fahrenheit during December and January. Uh, Look at the two epicenters of the outbreak right here in the U.S., Washington State and New York City. I mean, those are are pretty cold uh, this time of year. Now, as we said, time from exposure to onset of symptoms is anywhere between 2 and 14 days, 14 being the most extreme um, the average is about five days. Uh, there's currently no vaccine or specific antiviral treatment for COVID-19. Um, management involves treatment of symptoms, supportive care, isolation, and experimental measures. You guys, got- and just
2: what are some of those experimental measures?
0: Now, I did not look too deeply into those, so I'm not sure what those would be. Maybe some type of crystals, you know, as we talked about with uh, <laughs> with, with our witch, witch episodes. Crack. Yeah, maybe we can get some good witch doctor information in here, help you ward off some of these uh, coronas, you know. Now, the big question at the moment seems to be how quickly will a vaccine be here? Now, As of uh, a couple weeks ago, three separate research teams announced they had developed vaccines. One of them, with FDA approval, injected its vaccine into a person, a living person. Uh, Now, without waiting for animal testing, and that's known as an extreme measure in the industry, uh, but nonetheless seems necessary in this scenario. Now, next steps are to monitor the subject for 14 months to be sure the vaccine is safe, um, as this is a paramount step. Uh, You know, if you're going to start inoculating humans, you got to make sure that the vaccine itself is not going to kill them. Um, So chances are that it won't, but you have to be sure. Now assuming the vaccine is safe and effective it's still going to take several months pr- to produce enough to inoculate the global population for this reason it is estimated it will be about 18 months until the vaccine is available with the tracking device included <laughs> yeah as uh, as maybe we'll get to in some of our theories possible like onset um the globalists, you know, they've they're, they're got trackers. They're, uh, they're going to start inoculating humans. This is going to be mandatory. They're going to have tracking systems with government-approved apps so you can leave your house.
2: <laughs> they're already doing it in Korea <laughs> now, uh, and Japan.
0: Now, origins are what we do know, if anything, like uh, where it came from. They think but have not confirmed that the virus originated in animals and through spillover infection it was first transmitted to humans in Wuhan, China, November of 2019. Now, the primary source of infection became human-to-human transmission by early January 2020. On the 14th of March, uh, the South China Morning Post reported that a 55-year-old from Hubei province could have been the first person to have contracted the disease on the 17th of November of 2019. As of the 14th of March, uh, 67,000 cases and 3,000 deaths due to the virus have been reported in the Hubei province. Now, I guess the place of origin is thought to be this Hunan Seafood Wholesale Market. Um, I guess snakes and bats were the initial suge- initially suggested to be the source of the virus, especially considering the uh, variety of wild animals that are sold at the market. Now, the later studies suggest that pangolins, Uh, Do you guys know what these are? These are scaly anteaters. Those might be the intermediate host of the virus. So it started in bats, goes to these guys, then moved to humans. Um, Although it is generally agreed that uh, bats are the origin, pangolin as an intermediate host is still disputed. And even I think like bats are disputed. Like they they still don't know where it comes from. This is just the strongest theory out there. Um, Despite... The important role that the market played in the pandemic, it is still unclear whether it started in this market or not. However, it looks like a pretty safe bet that it did originate here. Because, I mean, we look at the hygiene of these wet markets. Uh, You know, this is basically a market selling live meat, fish, produce, that type of stuff. We have them here in the U.S., you know, the one up in Seattle, throwing the fish around? Mm. I guess that's technically a a wet market. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, so it's it's kind of a no-brainer that if sanitation standards aren't maintained, then diseases are going to spread. Now, here's a few pictures of these uh, wet markets. This is a bunch of bats they're selling in Indonesia, and this next one is the actual Hunan wet market.
1: Take a look at that bat wing, biatch.
0: <laughs> now... Because of the openness of the markets, uh, animals come in direct contact with sales clerks, butchers, customers. Um, Flies have easy access to the products. Carcasses are butchered on the floor sometimes. Uh, The avian flu, SARS, and COVID-19 outbreaks can be traced to keeping live animals in wet
2: markets. So it's basically like a gangbang, but for disease.
0: I mean... I don't know if that metaphor holds up, but possibly, yes. In these in these wet markets, you know, so sanitation is horrible. Uh, as Rob says, it's a gangbang, quote-unquote. Um, and this has the potential for a zoonotic, uh, which is animal-to-people transmission. So that's greatly increased in, in these types of markets. Um And these wet markets, particularly ones with unsanitary conditions, combined with the ability of viruses to undergo fast recombination, were pointed out as a, quote-unquote, time bomb as early as 2007. So we pretty much knew this was inevitable. It was just a matter of time, you know? Like, people could look at these things and say, guys, (laughs) come on. We got to clean this up or, you know, some diseases are going to spread. Uh, and pretty much this was like estimated as, hey, this is going to happen. You know, this is, this is a ticking time bomb and we're living in the, um, the aftermath of the explosion. I mean, guys, come on. Are you still eating bats? Stop. Now, um, this is on the more extreme side of things. Let's keep that in mind. So I find and read the report that re- was released to the White House on Monday, the 16th of March the rob um, report it was not the rob report um this was <laughs> released to the white house monday the 16th of march uh this was what caused them to basically escalate things to where we are now shut everything down um and i'll i'll post this in the description and and hell i'll post all the sources in the description so you guys can stifle through the raw data um, is that even the right term stifle I don't think so so you guys can rifle through the uh <laughs> raw oh, d-
2: <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> what?
0: So you guys can peruse through uh, some of the raw data our government is making decisions on and, um, and read some of these other articles that I pulled this info from as well. Um, it's also important to note that this study has not been peer-reviewed. It's not published in a peer-reviewed journal. Um, I, I think that's one of the craziest things to me. I mean, we shut everything down based on a study that isn't peer-reviewed. When I was in school, I couldn't even write a paper using a source that wasn't peer-reviewed. And we're making we're making policy off of it now. Now, granted, I, I there is a time-sensitivity factor. Well, well,
2: well, that's just the globalists at work. <laughs> no, no. And that's what they want to do. They want to shut down the world economy, <laughs> crash it, and take over.
0: Now, is that Alex Jones? Oh, my God. Alex Jones is live here in studio, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm saying, like... I'm not out here saying, oh, my God, we should, these guys are all fucking idiots. I'm just saying I think that's a little unnerving to me that we're creating policy off something that is not peer-reviewed and that I guess, yes, there is a time sensitivity. Like, we have to get ahead of, of a pandemic, I would well, assume.
2: Do you think it's purely – I don't think it's purely based off this one thing. I mean, you can look at – obviously, China is a very extreme – Case, but you could look at what's going on there, what's going on in Italy, France, the way they're locking everything down to try and control it. So I think the idea here was, you know, let's go ahead and do this now before it gets to that extreme level, you know? Yeah, well, at least that's what I'd like to think.
0: Okay, well, let's take a look. Let's take a look. So, you know, based on this report, I pulled a few important points and, um, I basically put it into layman's terms as, um, I myself am a layman getting laid all the time, (laughs) you know? So (laughs) let's just start it right off. Um, right off. We got this, uh, I pulled this quote as straight from the, um, first paragraph.
1: The global impact of COVID-19 has been profound and the public health threat it represents is the most serious seen in a respiratory virus since the 1918 H1N1 influenza pandemic.
2: So oh my god, he's coughing. (laughs) So Jesus Christ. I'm infected now.
1: Coronavirus? (laughs) I think so.
2: (laughs) Too many coronavirus. All right. So
0: right off, first paragraph, they compare it to the 1918 H1N1. Um now for those of you that don't know, a little history here. Spanish flu pandemic. I start looking into this. Um, So this was highly deadly influenza pandemic lasted from January of 1918 to December of 1920, infected 500 million people, which was about a quarter of the world's population at the time, and the death toll is estimated to be anywhere from 17 million to 50 million, possibly as high as 100 million, uh, making it one of the deadliest epidemics in human history. Uh, Also, fun fact I found, uh, to maintain morale, World War One censors minimized early reports of illness and mortality in Germany, the United Kingdom, France, and the United States. However, papers were free to report the epidemic's effects in Spain as they were neutral. Um, this created a false impression that Spain was hit the hardest, and this gave rise to the pandemic's nickname, Spanish Flu. Um, so essentially, that's Wild. also kind of what's happening now, you know, like um, the numbers aren't there yet, but you did have like in the early stages of this, governments were kind of trying to keep numbers down, trying to make it seem not that bad. I mean, didn't Trump say like, oh, this is all going to blow over in a week. Um, You had the Chinese government trying to make it look like numbers were down. And also, despite what you may have heard, I've heard a lot of people saying, hey, 1918 Spanish flu, no lockdown. What's going on? Well, in many states in the U.S., schools, restaurants, and businesses were closed. Uh, Public gatherings were banned. People were told to isolate and quarantine. Uh, In some places, this lasted for a few months, and based on the evidence, this did seem to work in areas it was implemented in.
2: It was also nineteen eighteen, so there weren't as many people. <laughs> yes, I mean that's true. Now,
0: it seemed to be not as uniform as it is now. Like some cities were able to do it better than others, uh, which is how you can see the comparisons. Like you can say, okay, the, these guys obviously did it better than these guys. Um, but again, you know, you you say that it was nineteen eighteen, there were still seventeen million to fifty million people died. So back to the report from Imperial College college, the uh, COVID-19 response team, they estimate that two fundamental strategies are possible, mitigation and suppression. Now, mitigation will focus on slowing but not stopping the epidemic spread um, to reduce peak healthcare demand and protect those most at risk. So this is like home isolation of suspected cases, home quarantine of those living in the same household as suspected cases. And social distancing for the elderly and those most at risk. And then suppression, this aims to reverse the epidemic growth, um, bringing those numbers down. So this would minimally require a combination of social distancing of the entire population, home isolation, you know, the same shit from the last one, um, school and university closures, basically what we're trying to do now. Uh, so, you know, this this report goes on. It pulls the, uh, the death toll and the case toll from the 16th of March, which obviously we're way past that now. And um, this is actually an important piece I found. It says that we do not consider the ethical or economical impl- implications of either strategy here, except to note that there is no easy policy decision to be made. Um, suppression, while successful to date in China and South Korea, carries enormous social and economic costs, which may themselves have significant impact on health and well-being in the short and longer term. Now, that's from the same report. Uh, Also from this report, they say that, we assume symptomatic individuals are 50% more infectious than asymptomatic individuals. And I, I think this, again, seems to kind of go against what I'm seeing a lot of. I saw a lot of posts when this was first going on, like the whole social distancing, saying like, you have to stay home because asymptomatic people are are very contagious, where this report, mm-hmm. which led them to these decisions, is saying that, no, symptomatic people are 50% more infectious. I mean, what do you guys think? Is this what you guys have been seeing or hearing? Or, or what? Did, what's your take on this?
2: I mean, I've been seeing a little bit of both, but I feel like in this situation, if you just kind of take it uh, as everyone is infected and do your best not to uh like basically limit your contact as much as possible, that's probably like the best way to stop it, right?
0: Well, the the first report documenting transmission by an asymptomatic individual was published in the New England Journal of Medicine on January 30th, but the specific patient did have symptoms. Researchers who wrote the article just simply failed to ask. Classic New England move. Now, understanding the chances of transmission during asymptomatic phase has major implications for what uh, protective measures might work. So if if they were a little better about, I guess, researching this and finding out this spread, like this is still a big unknown. You know, I've heard people saying, oh, this can live on surfaces for up to 17 days. Others say three days. Um, Some say asymptomatic people are the most contagious. Others say, no, if you're having symptoms, you're more contagious.
1: And still others say, spring break, baby. Who cares if I get coronavirus? Yeah, exactly. Yolo.
2: That's exclusive for Florida residents. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> mostly Florida. Now,
0: okay, so they crunch the numbers. These, this Imperial College team, they crunch the numbers on estimates from China and Italy on if we did nothing. And this is already null and void. Um, but they say 80% of Americans would likely get the disease. 0.9% of them would die. And anywhere from 4 to 8% of all Americans over the age of 70 would die. Yikes. That's 2.2 million Americans would die from the virus itself. But the catch here is that people with severe COVID-19 need to be put on ventilators. 50% of those put on ventilators would still die, but the other 50% live. But if things went unmitigated, the need for ventilators would be 30 times the number available in the U.S., so nearly 100% of those patients die, bringing the actual death toll from the virus closer to 4 million. Uh, In the span of three months, 8 to 15% of all Americans over 70 would die. Um, They would estimate it would be something like 60,000 deaths a day by mid-June. But, you know, take a breath. That is if things went on as normal and you and I both know that things are far from normal right now. Um, and this would have been worst case scenario. Now they crunch the numbers again here saying, what if we only do the mitigation bit? That's like finding the in, the people of suspected cases, isolating them and the most at risk people. So like only social distance, the people above like 50, 60, 70, 80. Um, so they crunch the numbers here. Now, what about those living into the 90s? (laughs) And uh,
2: that would be over 80. (laughs) And uh, based on the data. You said 60, 70, 80, 90. You didn't even say 90, actually. You just said 60, Okay,
0: you get what I'm fucking saying. Do I have to read every fucking age number that's possible? I was just trying to (laughs) fill the fucking
2: blank space there, Taylor Swift. (laughs)
0: All right. Uh, So based on the data, this does flatten the curve, but not enough. So the death rate from the disease is cut in half, uh, still kills 1.1 million Americans. Uh, The need for ventilators falls to two-thirds, still exceeds the number of ventilators in the U.S. by eight times, and going off the same logic as unminigated, that leaves the actual death toll to be around two million deaths. Now, this is also from the report. Um, I'm not putting this into layman terms. They say... Stopping mass gatherings is predicted to have relatively little impact because the contact time at such events is relatively small compared to time spent at home, in schools, or workplaces, and in other community locations such as bars and restaurants. Projections show that to be able to reduce the spread... To where it needs to be, a combination of case isolation, social distancing of the entire population, and entire household quarantine, school and university closure are required. Measures are assumed to be in place for a five-month duration. Um, so, you know, that's, that's straight from the report. They're saying uh, assuming that we keep them in place for five months, um, overall, the results suggest that population-wide social distancing um, applied to the entire population has the largest impact in a combination with other interventions, uh, notably home isolation of cases and school and university closure. Uh, to avoid a rebound in transmission, these policies will need to be maintained until large stocks of vaccines are available for the population. Um, which, as we know from earlier, could be eighteen months or more. So, they run the numbers on suppression. They crunch those numbers um, and assume, hey, what happens if we do the, the most drastic measure, where the most drastic measure where we got everybody on lockdown? Um, this is pretty much what's currently happening, and the death rate in the U.S. peaks three weeks from now at a few thousand deaths, and then goes down. Now, I think we're somewhere at 1,000 as of today, uh, and we're halfway to the peak. So basically, next week is when they, they, the estimate from this report says we'll hit the peak. Um, and basically, we hit but don't exceed the number of available ventilators. Um, the death tolls from the unmitigated study disappear. But the catch here is if we ever relax... Suppression before a vaccine is administered, which could be 18 months, um, the virus rebound, rebounds right back, kills millions of Americans in a few months, um, the same as before. So, 18 months before a vaccine is ready, you know, we could be possibly on lockdown for that long. Um, and the biggest mind fuck of all of this is that um, if the suppression method actually works, um, which, based on comparing the studies to numbers that we do have, I guess it it seems to be working. it'll feel like this is all for nothing because obviously the death rates are gonna remain low, so it like people are gonna throw out the counter argument of like, well, look at the death, like there's only this many people dead, but that's because it's working, so it's like we won't even know if this was all for nothing or not, right. And, you know, how many Americans can just self-quarantine for 18 months? That's a year and a half. Yeah, I know they're working on, like, a stimulus package, but goddamn, a year and a half? Can you even wrap your head around the effects that that
2: would have on the economy, let alone the world economy? What's even more fucked up is they're only going to give you 1000 bucks a month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> under the opinion
0: that the government probably won't keep the lockdown going that long. Um, So we're probably going to see a rebound. I mean, hopefully it's not nearly as high as they predicted. And I think this will this will help ease your mind a little bit because this is very scary if you if you read only this report. Now, so I'm reading this and I got a bunch of
2: questions. Right? I mean, that would be an absolute nightmare to have to be locked down for 18 months. I think.
0: I mean, what do you think would happen? Are are are, are we going to see the people start going
2: crazy for sure? Yeah. Riots, looting, people doing crazy shit.
0: It's gonna be like Mad Max out there. You we'll fucking have Thunderdome in the in Balboa Park. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I'll be up on your shoulders like Master Blaster. <laughs> I mean, what what's going on out there in North Carolina? Eighteen months, what do you think is gonna happen out there? Oh I know we're building
1: a mini ramp, we're moving out to the yeah, we're moving out to the middle of nowhere. I'm just going to skate this whole thing off. year and a half, baby. You're okay. going to <laughs> pull a Tom half.
2: Penny on us. This guy wants to build a mini ramp. That's great. And what do you want to do? What are your dreams? What are your well, hopes? <laughs> earlier today, my friend asked me if I wanted to buy a couple acres on Mars with him. Apparently, that's a thing now.
1: Nice.
2: Please don't do that. <laughs> I'm it's not gonna do that investment. bud I'm just saying that's an option now I don't know who's selling but it's, it's for sale is he on the spectrum? <sighs> no. do you want me to show you the ad you fucking asshole? alright so who's selling that? Elon fucking Musk? probably that's what I was thinking is he on the spectrum?
1: some guy named Marvin <laughs>
2: So,
0: uh, all right Let's not lose our heads due to this uh, Imperial College report Um, I come across these papers Because obviously I got questions
2: As I hope you guys do too Looks like you're using your papers not for writing But for rolling doobies over there And you're buying land on Mars I didn't say that I did (laughs) I just said it was an idea proposed to me In these crazy times
0: Now I come across these papers so one is a fiasco in the making as the coronavirus pandemic takes hold. We are making decisions without reliable data. This was published on the 17th of March this year, one day after the report we just read from. And also Coronavirus Disease 2019, The Harms of Exaggerated Information and Non-Evidence-Based Measures. Both of these are by John P.A. Ionitis. Um, he is a Stanford professor of medicine, a professor of epidemiology, and population health. Now, this is interesting because he also pioneered the field of meta-research, which is essentially research on research. So, he's proving that much of the published research does not meet good scientific standards of evidence. Now, the second of these two articles has been submitted for publication peer and peer-reviewed and approved However, not fully edited yet. So,
1: well, at least he's getting it peer reviewed, unlike the other one.
0: That's that. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Um, is at least one of these has been peer reviewed? But it, I mean, as this guy's even pointing out in his meta research stuff, um, some of these papers kind of slip through the cracks and and don't hold up even under peer review. Now, in his paper. He claims that we lack reliable evidence on just how many people have been infected and continue to be infected with SARS-CoV-2, claiming that better information is paramount to guide decisions and actions of monumental significance, like shutting down the entire country. Or buying land on Mars. Yes, or that. Now, he says that uh, if this pandemic dissipates, either on its own or because of measures we are currently taking short-term extreme social distancing and lockdowns might be bearable. Um, how long, you know, how long can we continue this stuff? You know, if, if this continues across the globe, seemingly unaffected, uh, how, how do we know if we're doing more good than harm? We, we just don't know. Uh, now given the whole 18 month vaccination timelines, the consequences of long-term lockdowns are completely unknown. um, He goes on that uh, given the limited testing to date, some of the deaths and likely the vast majority of infections due to SARS-CoV-2 are being missed. Now, we don't know if we are failing to capture infections by a factor of three or 300 Uh, reported case fatality rates like the official 3.4% rate from the World Health Organization cause horror. Uh, but are ultimately meaningless based on the data we have at hand. He goes on in the article to talk about, you know, shit you learn in school, like scientific method, uh, testing from like, you have to test a large group, like a, a lot of scientific jargon that I didn't want to put in here because we're already at 20 pages. Uh, but like I said, I'll post a link to... Uh, To the paper, you can read it for yourself. Now, he says that the one situation where an entire closed population was tested was the Diamond Princess cruise ship and its quarantine passengers, in which the case fatality rate was 1%. Uh, But this was a large elderly population, uh, in which the death rate is obviously much higher. We're seeing the same thing in Italy and Spain. Lots of old people uh, lots of generations living in single households. Also, both of those countries are higher in the U.S. in terms of smokers. Uh, so that's a lot of factors that kind of mess with these numbers because obviously this is a fucking lung infection, so smoking is going to have negative effects on that. Now, he says in turn, if we project the Diamond Princess mortality rate onto the age structure of the U.S. population, the death rate among the affected would be But this is based on extremely thin data. Um, Given the seven deaths among the 700 infected passengers and crew, the real death rate could stretch from five times lower at 0.025% to five times higher at 0.625%. And this huge range of uncertainty affects how severe the pandemic is and what should be done. If there was a population-wide fatality rate of 0.05%, this is lower than seasonal influenza. Now, if that is the true rate, which it very well could be, locking down the world might be totally irrational, and there are potentially tremendous social and financial consequences that are going to come with this. Um, he goes on to further claim that one factor that is a positive test for coronavirus does not necessarily mean that the virus was primarily responsible for the patient's death. So if oh, we, I
1: read about that today.
0: Yeah, so, you know, if we, like, especially if, like, older people with a shorter life inspecta- expectancy are the ones that are dying at a rapid rate from this, like, how do you know if it was the virus that necessarily killed them?
1: Right, I read about this guy in Italy who had the virus and jumped off a bridge, and they chalked it up to the virus. Really? Yeah.
0: Just to what, like, inflate the numbers?
2: Coronavirus is making me
0: crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess that is like indirectly. If he didn't have the virus, maybe he wouldn't have jumped off the bridge.
2: Well, maybe it's the uh, combination, you know, of the virus with the other shit. Obviously. Okay. All right. Well, Well. let's get... <laughs> the
1: guy jumped off a bridge. He died from jumping off the bridge. What if he? What if they said he tested positive for the virus, but he didn't, then they checked him again and he didn't have it? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, maybe they needed to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of what this guy's getting at, but he, he's more or so saying like... Um, so he says this. If we take the Diamond Princess analysis from earlier... And we assume that the fatality rate among individuals infected by SARS-CoV-2 is 0.3% in the general population, which would be a mid-range guess. And then he goes on that if 1% of the U.S. population gets infected, about 3.3 million people, this would translate to about 10,000 deaths. So now while this number seems pretty big, He says this is lost in the noise of estimated deaths from influenza-like illnesses every year. So let's say those are the real numbers, you know, mid-range. And we had not known about COVID-19. Just, you know, nobody caught this thing. We didn't test anybody. And life just went on. Um, At most, we might have noted that the flu season this year was worse than average. Uh, The media coverage would have been minuscule at best which again I think this is one of the craziest things about everything that's going on you look at the media what do you see death toll death rates like it's just almost morbid to turn on the news the the fucking news source it's it's fucking
2: crazy well I don't want to pander to the fake news but uh do you guys think that I mean, with my experiences, I don't, I know we don't like to get political here on the show, but I work with a guy that is a very hardcore Republican and he keeps like, just like every day he's like, oh, it's only the old people getting it. It's only affecting the old people. And I feel like in this situation, like, yeah, maybe it is only worse for them, but with any disease, that's true. Like if you already have underlying diseases and conditions that weaken your immune system no shit like a disease is going to have a greater effect on you than a fucking nfl player but Mm -hmm. i i feel like the news sources that are trying to play down like oh this isn't that big of a deal are using that as like more of an excuse in my opinion as like oh it's just oh italy is so bad because all the old people but i mean if i i've been looking more at the like just how fast this thing is spreading you know. And I mean like yeah, granted Italy does have an a little bit older of a population than us, but I think it's hard to compare the US to smaller countries like that cuz we're so much larger and then obviously there's China which is, you know, way bigger than us. And that's also more like but they're like, also on like a militarized lockdown where they have fucking tanks driving down the street, spraying the fucking streets with Lysol. But
0: also like you look at China, it's similar to New York where they've got like people on people on people and look at the word, like New York has half of the cases in the U.S. That's insane because there's so many people living on top of each other. And in China, it's the same way. You have these very densely populated areas. But I think what this guy is getting at is just saying that like coronavirus is something that this has been around for a long time. Yes, this is a newer strain that, like, I guess directly infects people with SARS-CoV-2. Um, but at the same time, like, what, hap- what would have happened if this, like, went unchecked? Like, if the news wasn't reporting on this every day, the death toll and the case toll, like, w- would you even know? Like, I when I go out, I, I've not seen anybody that's, like, deathly sick i don't really know anybody that's that's got it or got close to getting it although i think i'm convinced that i actually had it
1: you sound like it well, well no no i yeah, think i you
0: have
2: it right now no I, dude have a fucking storm in my room
0: no i um so i went up to seattle everett actually where the first outbreak in the u.s occurred in january i get back on like christmas day first diagnosed case was like january 10th i think in everett and i have like i've gotten the flu a few times in my life but i had literally the worst flu i've ever had
2: well don't you think oh, yeah, high yeah, yeah, fever like it, it put me out for like two weeks I remember this, but I'm also thinking, if you guys both had it, I'm pretty sure I would have also contracted it with how fucking fast this thing is spreading,
0: but maybe not like it's like it said, like it's mild in most people, like it's just no worse than a common cold so th- that's my question is like so so these numbers that they're putting out, like eighty thousand, how many of those numbers are just people with like a bad cough because obviously, yeah. Mm. You read 80,000 and that's like such a fucking insane number that you're like, holy shit, that many people could actually die, but not that many people are dying.
2: Well, also, like we talked about earlier, think about all the people that, you know, don't have health insurance right now and aren't going and getting tested. It's not like they fucking sent out an at-home test and we're like all right, everyone in America has got to fucking take this and send us the results. Yeah, exactly. They're only testing the people that are coming in with symptoms.
0: That's where this guy's going in his article. He's saying that if we were to administer like large-scale testing like they did in Germany, which I guess numbers are very low, they did a good job of containing it, we would get a better scale of like how many people were actually infected and what the actual case fatality rate is. But that, like, we don't know that because we don't know the true number of people infected because we don't have widespread testing. Now, he concludes that uh, with the absence of reliable and sound data, this whole prepare-for-the-worst reasoning has led to extreme measures of social, social distancing and lockdowns, and we simply do not know if these measures work. One example he gives is school closures. Now, while these may reduce transmission rates, they could also backfire. Let's say children continue to socialize, which, I mean, I hear out my window every day, kids laughing and carrying on, riding bikes and shit. You know, it seems like they are. You know, school closure also leads to children spending... School's out, baby. More time with elderly family members uh, disrupts single parents' ability. It disrupts single parents' ability to work. Um, and
2: that one guy's across the street playing cornhole, blasting country music every day.
0: And it might also diminish the chances of developing herd immunity in an age group that is spared serious disease. Now, this uh, the Imperial College report also discussed this. It talked about like. If stuff starts rebounding, like if we let up on this and it, it'll spike even worse and then go back down and spike again, because I guess herd immunity is a thing where if you just let it go unchecked, enough people get infected and get immune to it, that it basically just stops the, the virus in its tracks. Um, so with all that, he's, he's kind of saying, we don't know if this was brilliant or, or if it's going to be catastrophic. Um, bottom line of his argument seems to be that long-term social distancing and lockdowns cannot be maintained without major consequences to the economy, society, and mental health. Um, we're in uncharted territory. Now, if if we, I pulled this one quote from his paper that reads, "Completely unpredictable evolutions may ensue." including financial crisis, unrest, civil strife, and a meltdown of the social fabric. Yikes. Uh, You know, he even goes on to say that maintaining lockdowns for many months may have even worse consequences than an epidemic wave that runs an acute course. So when you see those documents on news sites about flattening the curve and they have like the big spike That's like a relatively – while it's a big spike and the numbers might be high, it's a relatively short course. Um, Now, if we focus on protecting susceptible individuals, um, this may be preferable to maintaining countrywide lockdowns long term. So basically, keep the boomers locked up. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) boomer. (laughs) You know? Now, in his peer reviewed article, he even goes on to claim that a systematic review on measures to prevent the spread of respiratory viruses found insufficient evidence for entry port screening and social distancing in reducing epidemic spreading. Um, plain hygienic measures have the strongest evidence. So essentially, just stay clean out there, people. You know, wash your hands. Um, Stay off the drugs. Now, in his first paper, he claims that in the most realistic pessimistic scenario, which he does not feel is the case, coronavirus infects 60% of the global population, 1% of the infected people die. That comes out to a little over 40 million deaths globally, matching the 1918 influenza pandemic. And a vast majority of those deaths would be people with limited life expectancies, which is actually in contrast to the 1918 when young people were dropping like flies. Now, with lockdowns for months, life largely stops, short-term and long-term consequences remain unknown, and billions of lives could eventually be at stake. Because it's like we said, you know, who knows the effects of just shutting down the entire global economy? They're like, this uh, This has never, as we said up top, this has never happened before.
2: Globalists, baby. Is that Alex Jones back in studio? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that thing is just making more sense to me, you know? What thing? <laughs> that globalists want to shut down the economy so they can take over. Okay. All right. Just hold your tongue for a minute. We'll get there. <laughs> We're almost there. Um,
0: real quick. Hold so, your <laughs> Those are the two act, like the the Imperial College report, and then this guy's like rebuttal to that are the two kind of like factual things I wanted to get out of there because it seems to be it seems to be like maybe the Imperial College report was ju- is just an overreaction. Those are those are high numbers going off of thin data, um, and you know with this one, there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know we're living in an age where access to information is infinite. No, Um, News outlets are infinite Anyone with a phone and access to the internet Can blast shit out there Uh, You know, we've got a ton of factors at play here The media, the scientific community The general public's mistrust of the government You name it, they got it So, you know, there's the actual scientific community Who's publishing information Trying to get to the truth of the matter There's mainstream media Whether they be corrupt or not I mean, we know there are corrupt media outlets out there. This could be like hyping up for to kind of destabilize the administration. I've heard a lot of stuff on that. Um, somebody's looking for to point the finger. They want a scapegoat. Um, this is the reality we're living in. There's also the entire internet spouting its opinions on the matter. Uh, I mean, there's countless subreddits out there that are diving into this. Um, There's trusted government officials getting their information from all ends. Um, People got a lot of time on their hands. (laughs) You know, and then they're tweeting it out. There's um, governments working against each other, spreading misinformation. Um, You know, somewhere in all of this is probably
2: a sliver of the truth. Did you actually, did you guys hear anything about that? Speaking of the government spreading misinformation? It was actually, I believe, Max the other day that posted that video of a guy in Italy basically saying that people have been going around Italy saying that it was the U.S. that started the spread of this virus.
0: Yeah, and even, even China saying that, we're saying it, was, it escaped from, there's people saying it escaped from a Chinese bio lab. Um, there's, there's so much going into this one. You know, and and as we said, we're in the age of information. Anybody could just blast shit out, and then that gets retweeted, refucking posted. You fucking name it,
1: you know. See, that, that's what gets me about all this because I think the most recent one I remember, I th- what was it? H one N.
0: Yeah, H one N one, I believe.
1: It was like a certain strain Yeah, of that. I remember. Right, right. I'm just saying this, this is probably the closest thing you can I can relate it to. I remember I was in school. I was in my communication classes during the summer. We're watching Citizen Kane. And all of a t- sudden, my teacher stops the movie, and he goes, guys, guys, important news, big news here. Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Jack from Jack in the Box is dead. And then at the end, he goes, oh, by the way, there's some flu going around, so uh, just make sure you guys are washing your hands. That was it. That was the extent of the coverage.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like a- I
1: didn't have social media. Yeah.
0: like imagine if maybe the coverage of this I feel like if, if the coverage of this was less like you probably wouldn't have people panic buying um, that I think that's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest missteps of the media made during this whole thing was like causing widespread panic and maybe they didn't mean to do it maybe they did but there was too much of the like uninformed public just begins buying up toilet paper in droves. I mean, you go into any grocery store, you look at the shelves, this is the effects of panic buying. Um, also, wh- why did it start with toilet paper? That's the most important
2: thing. I heard a theory that... Uh, the
0: Charmin Bears put <laughs>
2: some tweets out? Yeah. No, I heard this theory that the people stopped... Importing and stocking their shelves with toilet paper just to, like, kind of coincide with this. So it seemed, like, crazier right. than it is. And then, like, a couple months, you're just going to see, like, pallets of fucking toilet paper sitting out in stores.
0: Yeah, but still, I went to, like... I've been to, going to Target the past two weeks. No toilet paper, no paper towels. It's, like... Well, good thing we got the plug, baby. <laughs> yeah, but, again, like, why is... <laughs> Why did toilet paper... That's the most important thing. You would think people would want food. Well, that's probably next, dude. Well, I mean, I know there's like all the dried pasta and all the cans are gone, but why did it start with toilet paper? That's the most... Like, I've seen videos on Instagram of people like punching each other in the face over toilet paper. He hates his cans. I mean, I had
1: a lady... Some lady told me that she was doing the Uber Eats or whatever, the delivery stuff, and someone tipped her with a roll of toilet paper.
0: God, Jesus. I'd say, go <laughs> fuck yourself. I'd, I'd actually throw it in their tree, like uh, TP their tree,
2: if they did that to me. Uh, Rob even said he saw – what was your story, Rob? Uh, just these ladies. There's two um, – you know the little, like, canister things of, like, the wet wipes? There's two left. This one lady grabs both of them like a fucking asshole, and this lady's like, "Hey, I was about to grab those, and she's like, "I fucking need these. I have a toddler at home, and oh I was just Christ. like, "Jesus, fucking Christ lady like, what if that lady has kids? You don't fucking know her, you don't know like what she's got going on it's a fucking thing of wet wipes and you got both of them just let her have one like it's not that big of a fucking deal they're gonna keep making wet wipes guarantee it
0: god guys it's (laughs) well the panic buying i mean that's just like that's insane as long as there's wet
2: markets there's gonna be wet wipes
0: baby (laughs) we gotta we gotta chill out like didn't they didn't they also say like don't do
2: that and what what do they just do the opposite of that um, Maybe they should just tell people to stop staying in their house and people would actually be like, oh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck the government, dude. I am staying yeah. in my house, you know, I've, dude. I've
0: probably seen more people walking <laughs> around my neighborhood in the past week than I ever
2: have. <laughs> they want me out on the beach, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. it. I'm staying in.
0: Now, also, this is, this is again along the lines of like misinformation. According to the World Health Organization, uh, the use of masks is only recommended if a person is coughing or sneezing or when one is taking care of someone with a suspected infection. So basic, like the basic masks that you like put around the ears, those actually increase your risk of contracting a disease if you're just out in the general Mm -hmm. public with them because it can get trapped in there. You're not able to breathe freely. I mean, there's gaps on the sides. Um, The masks with the seals around the face is actually what would protect someone not sick out in the population. Uh, But those have been also bought up in droves by panic buyers. Can't even buy them on InfoWars right now. And even like uh, many factories in China who make them have been shut down. So even hospitals are unable to provide these vital resources to keep their workers safe. So the panic shopping of masks and protective gear, uh, this is just detrimental to the health systems. And that was like one of the things that I was reading that's like, I guess like biggest missteps going on now is that like, hospitals didn't have like they don't have like backlog supplies of these they just you know order it and it's there the next day but then when all the all this stuff hit and people started buying this stuff up they couldn't get them so now they're running out of them he's digging in a bag now. Possibly? He's looking
1: for his mask. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to get my mask.
0: <laughs> <And> also, <laughs>
2: I was trying to get a charger. This thing's on 5%, baby.
0: Now, also, as far as uh, hand sanitizers go, uh, you're going to want an alcohol base of at least 60% alcohol. Um, so, Rob? Yes. This is a misstep by you. Rob went out and bought some price gouged hand sanitizer for five bucks a bottle, <laughs> and it was alcohol free. <laughs> Oh that doesn't well, even Good work. thing I have that
2: 90% alcohol in my car baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess if you have alcohol that works. Uh, they say soap and water seems to be the best bet. So, you know, just wash your fucking hands. Now why are you laughing at his misfortune?
1: That's the kind of shit that would happen to rock. Oh man.
0: All right, now here we go, D-Bag. Now we're going to get to some conspiracy theories. So disclaimer out there, we're not saying any of this stuff is true. So don't fucking, don't come at us like we're a bunch of assholes. Like I said, we're just, we're just giving you all angles here, you know? <clears throat> um, so some of the conspiracies out there, you said you, you, said you had uh, some good conspiracies, tea bag or you had one of your own. What do we got?
1: I think I've identified patient zero. Okay. Now, what animal did you say this all started from?
2: Well, they don't know. But perhaps the, a bat, perhaps an eater. We don't know.
1: Let's say it was a bat. Now, who, way back in the day, was the first man to bite the head off of a bat? Ozzy. Ozzy, patient zero, baby.
0: Now I don't know if he was the first, but you think he's still just oh, bite?
1: You
0: think he still just biting the heads off bats?
1: No, I think he got the disease whenever this happened many moons ago and it's just been a carrier oh. and now boom so it's, been, it's finally started and it that, hits theory, in dude. 2020
0: when he bit the head off the bat, like back in the fucking
2: seventies, <laughs> <laughs> just been carrying it's it around for virus. decades. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, that's took just a trip been, to China.
0: It's been a disaster. <laughs> it's been mutating that long. Yeah. So one of the, one of the, uh, Well, I guess this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is more of me debunking this. But one of the things I've been seeing going around is uh, corona sales are down. Oh, my God, this coronavirus, it's killing corona sales. CNN tweeted out a survey saying that 38% of Americans wouldn't buy corona beer. Um, And you see people saying, because of the name coronavirus, corona's lost millions. This is absolutely false. Um, there's a ton of articles out there that are deeply misleading on this whole beer debacle. Um, are sales down? Yes. But in case you haven't noticed, the entire fucking stock market has taken a nosedive. <laughs> and what, what is closed? What was one of the first things they closed? Bars and nightclubs. So yeah, most sales are down. Now, I guess they like uh, the CNN tweet cited some survey, but they didn't even bother to post what questions were asked or why the audience uh, polled answered no. And a lot of it was just general, like their opinions. Like, it's not be- the, like 38% of Americans wouldn't buy Corona beer, not because of coronavirus, just because they don't like the beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is again going off the, this whole like fake news. You know, um I thought it's like clickbait baby. It, this is crazy. Like the news has been so unreliable the last few years, you know. Is this now the big push to get us back in? No,
2: dun dun got me. <laughs> what? Dun got me. <laughs> you're the, so you're trusting the news here. No, I'm not. Okay, okay. D- that's you what I said is this the big push to get us back in?
0: And you said, don't got me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you say, done got me or
2: don't got me? Don't. <laughs> okay. Dun. Yeah, done got me, partner. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> Pulled me right back in, brother. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I've been watching a lot of Tiger King lately. Yeah, this guy's been binging Tiger King uh, on Netflix. It's basically Adam, but Adam has puppies. Unbelievable. This guy has tigers.
0: Um, now... <laughs> Now, no. What do we think about this? Like the news, like you ask anybody about the news, they're like, "Oh yeah, don't trust the news." Like you flip on CNN, you flip on Fox News. It's polarized. It's it's conjured up. They're they're in cahoots. It's conjured it's, up. It's the fourth Good. branch. Good one. It's the fourth branch, as um, Immortal Technique says. And now all of a sudden, people are just. Coronavirus, got to stay inside. Look at the news. Look at the news. Look at the facts. Look at the news. Got to buy toilet paper. Yeah, it's got to buy toilet paper. Got to buy hand sanitizer. You know, got to stock up. It's the it's the fucking news. The media is, is constantly reporting the death toll. Now, this is my question: Why? Why are they doing this? Why spread fear? We don't see this with anything else. I mean, this is definitely odd, and it's already obviously serious. I mean, the whole whole countries have shut down. So. Why incite more fear? Why not discuss, like, positive points, preventative measures? Um, Give some people... I mean, it's like... I was watching the news the other day because I'm writing this outline, so I think... Oh, hell, I get ABC News for free. I get like CNN. Let me flip this on, see what they're saying about you can this. You
2: get a lot of stuff for free now. Yeah,
0: and it's constantly just, they're hammering in the death toll, the death rates. Like, there was no nothing really too serious on, like, hey, this is what we're working on to prevent this This is what you should be doing to stop it. It was just literally, these are the death numbers and it just keeps hammering that number over and over again. And I get it, you know, like some people still aren't taking it seriously. Like we got the people on spring break in Florida, but you would think that now that a good deal of the population is on lockdown, like why keep this going? Why,
2: why keep hammering in the death toll, the fear, the, the, you know, cause that's, what's going to, Keep people watching the news, staying inside, keeping them scared, baby.
0: And keeping the reptilians feeding off those negative vibrations.
2: Mm, Yeah, it's very true. David Heick, ladies
1: and gentlemen.
0: Yes, going off these Illuminati, like, you know how there's like the Illuminati?
1: Studied communication for four years. The only thing I learned is it's not sex that sells, it's fear that sells.
2: In some cases, both.
1: Because that's what's gonna your your fear of not having sex is what sells. See, that's what I learned. Because I thought the same thing, man.
0: Yep, respect Mm. through fear. You know. Now, Mm. there's all these theories, like you know, Illuminati. This is their big push, their big event. Um, The FEMA death camps. You know, they're gonna start. They're gonna start releasing the FEMA people on us. Uh, New World Order is ushering in. Um, This is the this is the ushering in of a one world government, as Rob said. The globalists. Um, You know, they're going to incite martial law. um, And David Icke would have you believe that the reptilians are feeding off our negative vibrations because they pump this fear out there and they feed off of these low vibrations off of our fear. They use that as energy to build themselves up. And, you know, that's what's going on. If They can keep us inside fearing for our lives, um, you know, huddled together, cowering in fear of this disease, this pandemic, then the the reptilians are going to have an endless supply of feeding sources. You know, I kind
2: of got to agree with the guy.
0: And, you know, essentially he's kind of just, his whole thing is just have a positive attitude, which is true. I mean, that's what we got to do in a situation like this. Now going off the whole like globalist, one world government, new world order, Illuminati type shit, They're ushering in martial law. You hear a bunch of people saying martial law. They're calling in the National Guard. Oh, they're calling in the National Guard for martial law. So martial law happens. Then what?
2: That's the big plan? Then I guess we're stuck inside for good. Hey,
0: everyone, stay inside, and we're going to give you a 1000 bucks for sitting on your ass and playing video games. And then that's... That's our (laughs) big plan. That's our life now. (laughs) That's the fucking plan. Like, (laughs) like, what's the end game here? Is it is it literally the reptilians feeding off our negative energy source? Or is it like also like think about this? Imagine how mind-numbing that would be for the military. I I I know people who are in the military, you know, I know people who are in the National Guard. I can tell you they're not just gonna want to patrol the streets just telling people to stay inside. Like, what's the end all play here? You think like is that and these people are just gonna be like, uh, okay, so you want us to do what? And they're Just patrolling down the street, just stay inside, fucking right? Fucking panzer tank
2: telling everybody to stay inside. Well, I don't think they're gonna be in panzers. We're not in Germany. That's an expression, <laughs> you know, it's an expression.
1: <laughs> um That whole that whole thing got me thinking though, man. I was gonna save this, but I was watching Wally the other day somebody yeah, with the film. Yep. Yeah.
2: I've seen it once or yeah. twice. Yeah, you
1: know, right, right. You know how they just got like all the humans basically confined to this spaceship, doing nothing but watching TV and being fat lards, dude. What if what if we're living a real life Wally? This is their plan. Disney's been trying to tell us for years.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, why is that the plan? Just everybody stay inside, and we're going to pay you out of our own pocket.
1: Maybe we just don't need human beings anymore, and money's nothing to those guys. But so then why wouldn't, is done.
0: why wouldn't they all just get with Elon Musk fly up in a fucking SpaceX shuttle and then just drop a nuke on the whole world? Why do this whole fucking virus thing? Natural
1: resources, baby. Some men just want to watch the world burn, baby. <laughs> There's
0: a Joker scenario here. The Joker is really at play calling the shots of the New World Order. Or is that Bane? Bane.
2: Okay, that's Bane. So we got Bane out there ushering in this New World Order. Well, he won't be making an appearance at a football game because all the sports are canceled. Now, here we go. Well, hey, can I just chime in one thing while we're on this uh, conspiracy topic? Oh,
0: yeah, please. Unbelievable. So,
2: uh, I mean, we Hmm. all know the kind of like – distraction method that the government likes to use so you know what if this lockdown is just you know so they can prepare something bigger that we don't even fucking know about and you know if everyone's mm. in their house they can pretty much they got the national guard outside keeping us on lockdown they can pretty much move shit down the highway and no one's ever going to fucking see it and the people that do are going to be few and far between and they can just fucking whack those people and throw them in the swamp <laughs> Coronavirus got him. I, now, so what, <laughs> yeah, he jumped off a building, but it was he did have the coronavirus. So. Two shots
0: to the head. You see this case as coronavirus? Yeah. Oh, uh, now, so what? They're like moving around like Gundam, Gundam type like robots, transformers, or they're doing Transformers, or maybe like uh, aliens. They're moving them around, or they're just hanging out with aliens, or maybe they're like um, <laughs> maybe both. Maybe they're um, putting new batteries in all the pigeon drones. That's what I've heard. Um, And also, now I've heard other theories out there. (laughs)
2: Yeah, like pit. That's a theory. There's a whole conspiracy theory. Yeah,
0: we could do a whole episode on it. That pigeons are actually government drones. That's why they
2: get so close to you, and they don't care if you touch
0: them. Yeah, and that's why they're in like large cities. They actually hold some weight there. Maybe we do an episode mm. on pigeons. Um, but essentially... This maybe whole, that's where the
2: virus started.
0: Maybe this whole... Well, birds. Um, but they're saying like... Um, I guess this whole virus would be a distraction to change their batteries. And we've also, like, we talked about this. The government made it, um, China, Russia, U.S., you know, the government made it or it was an accidental release by the government. I mean, we just did an episode literally on this exact thing with Lyme Mm -hmm. disease. And there is, like, concrete circumstantial evidence around Lyme disease, like there was a guy from Operation Paperclip working at Plum Island doing the tick experiments, which is how it got out. But with this one, I mean, do we really think this disease was like engineered by a government? I mean, it's
2: hard to not think that.
0: Well, I mean, to quote Kelly Slater here, you know, Mother Nature is far more dangerous and has the potential to just shake us off like a flea when she's done with us. Um, So I think this would be like a folly of our own conceit um, to be like, oh, we are so conceited that this deadly virus, it must have been some bioweapon leaked from a lab. I mean, even with our uh, Plum Island episode, the theory was not that we made the virus it was that we accidentally spread
2: it kelly slater everyone
0: so is that what you're getting at here is maybe it was an accidental release like they're doing testing with this dangerous virus and it accidentally got
2: out i mean i'm thinking it could have been created in a lab for all we know
0: okay i mean we
2: honestly don't know shit about it and i don't for one second believe anything that cnn or abc or fox news is going to tell me about it
0: well i think we do know some stuff about it and i mean look at epidemics of uh years gone by the you know the black death plague of justinian measles smallpox malaria yellow fever like these have killed millions of people and and we don't sit around and say well black death that was leaked out by the middle ages government <laughs>
2: you know, you know. I know, but I'm just saying, well, actually fuck it. Maybe you're right.
0: I mean, I'm just thinking that like mother nature has the potential to like wipe us out and create crazy shit that we have no idea How to combat than, you know, us fucking around in a lab could do.
2: You think she's just like, hey, uh, stop fucking killing me. I'm fucking killing half of you guys now. She's she's doing the Thanos snap to us. Great.
0: And now... Now, you guys heard of this event 201, speaking of, like, uh, man-made type shit. I have. Um, Okay. So, this is... uh, Here we go, t Back. So, this is the Johns Hopkins Center for Health and Security in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.
2: Adam smoked weed with Johnny Hopkins one time.
0: Uh, So... All these guys get together. They run assimilation uh, in, I think it was October or November of 2019, on a pandemic just like the one we are in currently and where 60 million people die. Uh, Furthermore, his foundation has a patent on a strain of coronavirus. uh, But as far as I could find, um, the one that he has a patent on currently only exists in Bird's. And I guess people would ask, like, why patent a virus? Because the way they make vaccines is they like go in and add proteins um so that when they can inject it, your body combats the virus. I mean, I'm I'm probably getting that wrong. Again, I'm not a I'm not a doctor here. You're not scientists. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying what I read. But as as far as I could tell, the the patent that Gates owns is only exists in birds. Um but that's this, what they want you to think. This of. event 201, it seems to be troubling to some people. Um, although it like, do we really think this is that surprising? Like, I'm I'm sure there's people who sit around there's people who are smarter than you and I that sit around and do this all the time. You know, they get together and try to figure out a best course of action <laughs> if something fucked up the global economy, which They help stimulate, you know, they've got all the money. Uh, The general public largely works for them. Um, Again, you know, what connection does this have? Like, what's the end game here? They just publicly say, hey, we ran this simulation and then actually do it. And then what?
2: Well, if he has the patent on the vaccine, then he's obviously going to make all the money off of it for the millions of people that are going to need it. And guess who's left standing after the economy takes a nosedive? Microsoft baby selling all those video games to all these nerds at home. <laughs> okay,
0: so that's that's an interesting theory. Now, what is Microsoft like? What games has Microsoft even made? Let's see if that holds any water. Xbox,
2: dude. That's okay, Microsoft. so they
0: yeah, but they make all the games though. But everybody already has an Xbox. Like sales aren't going to skyrocket. On I bet. Xboxes. I think we should look into it. <laughs> okay. Um, but it, what I'm getting at with this event 201, like I read everything and granted it was on their own website. So that could be total disinfo there. Hidden in plain but, sight. Yeah. I mean, the military does tests all the time, you know, I'm mean, like, if you work in an office, you, you do fire drills, right? Tornado drills. <laughs> um, schools <laughs> do the same thing. You don't release
2: a virus and then patent the vaccine for it.
0: I know. I'm not saying <laughs> he actually did that. They'd ran a test to see like what the pain points would be. They're conducting exercises. And this is how giant organizations run. This is why our military is successful. I mean, war games. That's simulated war games mm. to see what would happen in a scenario. That's not then just saying like, oh, because they run
2: tests, they did this. Well, then a couple months later, they go over to somewhere and they fucking do that shit. Well, that, that actually is <laughs> true. That's <laughs> the like, same fucking thing, like, dude. In the military. Like, yeah, well, guess what? Next month, uh, you're going to Afghanistan and you're going to do all that shit that we just trained you for.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, okay. I'm just saying, I, I would assume that public agencies would do the same thing, especially ones with these fucking elite guys that have millions of dollars invested in the
2: global economy and well, this is just very troubling considering that he patented a fucking strain of the virus.
0: But that's only existent mm. in
2: birds. What does that have that to do with humans?
0: Of. No, no, not that I know of. That public information states.
2: Because it's on Bill Gates' website. He's not no, gonna say, oh is- hey guys, guess what? No, this was on <laughs> the US patent website.
0: So then why release any of this information at all? Why would he like well, if just that's like- the end game? Why wouldn't he just say why
2: wouldn't he just like keep all this Private, and then just do it. Because then if it comes out, he looks like a fucking asshole. If he's publishing it right now, it just looks like a weird coincidence. Well, obviously not to you. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) So you're saying you're too woke for it? I'm not buying the hype, baby. Okay. I'm just saying, based on the stuff that I read about the virus, it's only existing in birds, which he has a patent in for the vaccine, and... It doesn't transfer to humans. There's many, many different types of coronaviruses. I mm, think the misstep, mm. why people jump to this conclusion is because the media keeps dubbing it the coronavirus, the coronavirus, so people are under the assumption that there's only one, and this is the same thing, but it's not. Like If you know um, about viruses, which I'm not claiming I do, but from the little information I read on like why someone would want to patent a vaccine or a virus that's what i came to find
2: well when uh august september rolls around and bill gates is offering us vaccines i'll tell you i told you so
0: okay and you are an authority on viruses now
2: no i'm just this is just information that i believe
0: <laughs> okay now you're going off the id 2020 shit yeah okay so this is another power play for like um, mandatory inoculations. Um, the government's going to have a chip installed on you. They got all your information. Um, you're going to have to download an app. They can add stuff on there. They can delete your fucking file, you know? It's shit like that.
2: Very Blade Runner-esque. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. Have you looked at the website, Adam?
1: I have not. I don't want to now.
0: Now, this is another thing. From the Event 201 website... Um, I was like I was reading about like all this stuff, and it was just saying that, I guess a global pandemic would require reliable cooperation among several industries, national governments, and key international institutions. This exercise, allegedly, was meant to explore possible outcomes in a scenario which we now find ourselves in. Um, this, was, this was basically a tabletop think group. That lasted a grand total of 3.5 hours. Now, I think we might be giving these guys, Bill Gates and all these guys, a little too much credit if we think they mastermind and test run some crazy pandemic in as much time as the new film, The Irishman.
2: Shout out to Netflix, sponsor us. <laughs> They
0: just 3.5 hours of think tank and then they go, all right, let's put it into play. And then now here we are. Yeah, let's go ahead and release it in China. <laughs>
2: yeah. Now, See what happens.
0: Now, here we go. Here we go. This is more on the patent info because this is information that I did find. So Matthew Freeman, a uh, coronavirus researcher at the University of Maryland, was quoted as saying, The sequencing was done at the CDC during the SARS outbreak, and they were the ones that filed the patent. Um, The other supposedly related patent is for a mutated form of avian infectious bronchitis virus, or IBV, um, which infects poultry but not people. I had the bronchitis. The patent was filed by the Peerbright Institute, a research institute in the UK, that aims to prevent and control... Viral diseases in livestock. So, as far as like the bird stuff goes, if it was in chickens, then yeah, they're going to make millions off of vaccine because all these factory farms can now vaccinate their chickens and they're not going to die off and lose a massive amount of profit.
2: You know, this is the meat industry. This is big meat. What are we having tonight? Chicken or chicken? <laughs> uh, speaking of conspiracies, we also don't know who started the old big meat meme. Oh, yeah. The that's guy another with the big old clown hanging off the edge out. of the bed. Yeah. The guy's rampant during this time.
0: Now, is that Long Dong Silver? <laughs> that's what they call him. I think that's a different guy. But okay, so.
2: or is <laughs> That's that, a different guy. Is
0: that guy Mendingo? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. dude. What is his name? Can we make a podcast shirt with like just that guy's face on the mandingo no the guy from the meme what's his name i don't know all right
0: yeah sure you can walk around with a face of a male porn star on your shirt
2: i think people would buy it dude all
0: right (laughs) now um This guy goes on, back to the patent stuff, this guy goes on to claim that neither of these have anything to do with the new 2019 virus. Um, This is, again, this is like what he was saying, this theory that this was created in a lab and patented as a vaccine already.
2: Um, There's not really a lot of weight to that. So it's gonna say, wash your hands at the top, then I survived COVID-19 and then that guy's face just, bam, right in the middle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be seeing
2: those in about three years. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have them by the end of this lockdown. (laughs) So about 18 months.
0: Now, along the same lines of the Illuminati type shit, uh, Patton, Bill Gates, um, there's this this CEO meme going around, which is um, while you're distracted by COVID-19 news, CEO of Disney stepped down, CEO of Microsoft stepped down, CEO of Hulu stepped down, CEO of IBM stepped down, CEO of LinkedIn stepped down. It it keeps going on and on. CEOs of all these fucking massive corporations are stepping down. What's really going on? So I dive a little deeper into this. Now, CEOs have been stepping down in record numbers since December of 2019. And no, this is not some grand one-world government conspiracy. CEOs aren't stupid people. They pay attention to the stock market. The market is in a full-on nosedive, as we said, over the coronavirus. This means that one of the biggest markets in the world is about to go fully dark. So CEOs typically have contracts that promise bonuses for hitting a certain percentage of growth and profit. Market crashes, they're not going to receive those bonuses. So they're Basically kind of getting out while they can. They're getting the most bang for their buck. Um, Maybe like essentially cashing out. Uh, And some aren't even truly stepping down. Like I looked into this further. Um, CEO of Microsoft hasn't resigned. Uh, Gates resigned his seat on the board of directors, but he hasn't been CEO
2: for about eight years. He said, I got the patent on coronavirus, bitch. I don't need (laughs) you guys anymore.
0: The CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, did step down as CEO, but he stayed on as executive chairman. So no benefit there stepping down in terms of unloading stock. Um, The HBO CEO left in February of 2019, but went to work as producer for Apple TV. Um, CEO of MasterCard announced that he was stepping down uh, January 1st, 2021 but we will also be taking the role of executive chairman on the board of directors. So like, I'm not saying there isn't some esoteric group of one-percenters that are attempting to control as many things as possible because I, I, there's probably something similar to that going on.
2: It's called the globalists. Yeah, but uh,
0: a majority of people, especially those that make it to the level of CEO – are essentially just like greedy. I mean, that that's it's financial, whether it be financially, emotionally, uh, anything. You know, most people don't care about anyone else as long as they they get their own. You know, so th- this theory I don't think holds any weight. They aren't stepping down to run away from the businesses they run. They're they're stepping down to to take a better job or to get as most money as possible before the economy
2: tanks. Which is rapidly approaching.
0: Yes. Now, now this one, this next one is. I've seen this election meme going around. Now let's let's look at uh, some other recent epidemics um, because this this meme might you might have seen going around. It says every election year has a disease. Uh, SARS in 2004, Avion in 2008, Swine in 2010, MERS in 2012, Ebola in 2014, Zika in 2016, Ebola again in 2018, and finally, Corona in 2020. Hmm. At first glance, this seems fishy, correct? Coincidence? Well, again, I'd do a little digging on this meme. Um, SARS outbreak started in 2002, went to 2004. So that's already inaccurate. Um, there was 8,000 cases worldwide and 774 deaths. Uh, Avion was in 2008. Um, this was a bird flu outbreak in West Bengal. Um, it began on March 16th, 2008. But as far as I could find, there were no humans that were affected. So...
2: Hmm. Still uh, holds up.
0: <laughs> <so> swine, <laughs> swine flu was actually in 2009, not 2010. Um, Seven hundred million, million to 1.4 billion cases were estimated, and there was 18,036 deaths confirmed but it's estimated that number could be as high as 151,000 to 575,000. So is that the worst one then?
1: All those all those numbers are very far apart, man.
0: I mean, yeah, this is, like I said, like we were talking about earlier, this, this is the problem with like going off of those indefinite numbers. Like this, there's so much at play here. Like you were saying, the guy jumped off the bridge and they counted that as one, they chalked that up to a coronavirus death. Like- yeah. There's so much at play. Like the 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 true numbers will probably never be known, but um, keep keep going off this. So we got MERS, which was in 2012. Um, this was Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, a uh, coronavirus outbreak um, in the Middle East, and this was first identified in a patient from Saudi Arabia in April of 2012. Uh, A few small clusters and larger outbreaks have been reported in 24 countries with over 1,000 cases of the virus and over 400 deaths since the middle of 2015. Now, there was also the Ebola outbreak, which actually started in 2013 and went to 2016, so not just 2014, um, 28,646 cases, mostly in Africa And 11,323 deaths. I think there was only one death here in the U.S. Um, And then there's also the Zika virus in 2015, not 2016. Um, This was a widespread epidemic of Zika fever caused by the Zika virus in Brazil. Um, This spread to other parts of South and North America. Uh, And as far as I could find, there was no deaths from that. And then finally, Ebola in 2018 Um, This, they, I guess the meme is referring to the Kuvu Ebola epidemic beginning on August 1st of 2018 um, when it was confirmed four cases had tested positive for Ebola virus disease uh, in the eastern region of Kivu in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. So, again, it's not like some giant, oh, my God, these are all released on an election year. It's it's. Like, there's plenty of other pandemics that aren't on this meme that didn't make the cut, I guess. Um, and I don't know what the one it, with only birds has to do with anything. And so that's the best
2: they could do, you know?
0: Now, furthermore, do you guys remember the Ebola one in 2013? Vaguely. I think I like, I remember seeing some news things and some people posting on Facebook were like, there was like two cases that, that they found in Texas, and then everybody started freaking out saying like, everyone is going to die from Ebola. It's in the lettuce. But as we see, that didn't happen, and panic didn't incite. Now, I had a theory, uh, T-Bag. Tell me what you think of this. This is my OK Boomer theory. Um, you know, now, could this be some massive conspiracy for us to unite and quote unquote save the boomers? I mean, what what did we see, like, a few months ago? We we saw the a massive surge in these OK Boomer memes. And I, I had to look this up. I didn't even know what it was. And then, you know, this virus all of a sudden comes out. And, and who's most at risk? People between 55 to 75 years old? Boomers? Um, oh, OK Boomer. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, now we got to... Maybe this was put out by the boomers to, like... Hey, you know, you guys got to look out for us. Or maybe it was put out by the millennials to, to combat the boomers. We got to kill off the boomers that are ruining this country, you know? Now, <laughs> let's, let's kind of round this one out. This is not like a conspiracy theory per se. Um, all of this is pretty much fact. As I was uh, researching some of these organizations that people are just all of a sudden bowing down to, I come across some interesting finds. Um, so, you know, just do your own research. Um, let's not blindly jump off a cliff here, hand in hand into oblivion. What if we um, have the virus? Then maybe jump off a bridge, <laughs> um, save the, the rest of us. Now this is kind of along the same lines as the, uh, Ioannidis article. Um, so the CDC Uh, Let's get into this organization because back in 2018, the, the Trump administration chose HIV researcher Dr. Robert Redfield to be the new leader of the CDC. As the former director, Brenda Fitzgerald resigned following a report that she purchased shares in a tobacco company one month into her role at the agency. So, we've got the CDC, the director of the CDC, in the, it, which is the United States' public health protection agency, tasked with helping to reduce smoking in the U.S., buying stock in a tobacco company.
2: Business is booming, baby.
0: <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's a massive <laughs> conflict of interest. Um, so, she gets replaced. Um, and Tom and, and, and even she replaced this guy Tom Price. This was Trump's first Health and Human Services Secretary. He resigned in September after reports surfaced of his use of private jets and taking charter flights at taxpayers' expense. Well, so isn't that's that what Don does? that's just wonderful, uh, you know. Now these resignations already raise questions about the thoroughness of the administration's vetting procedures. Um, so we've already got like. Two massive conflicts
2: of interest going on there, and then this guy's no no better. Yeah, now this we find out
0: now this Redfield clown that's in there now, um, he's up for the job. Hey clown, and from the jump, this was a controversial decision. Um, a he had no experience at the helm of a public health agency. Uh, most directors come to the role with years of experience. Uh, leading local or state health departments. No need in this case. Or already having worked at the CADC. This guy had neither of those. Um, In 93, he was investigated by the U.S. Army for allegedly misrepresenting data data regarding (laughs) an AIDS vaccine. Now, ultimately, he was cleared of any allegations of scientific misconduct, but the data he published about the vaccine did have to be corrected. Now, one of the whistleblowers who reported the issues to the Army told Kaiser Health News that he remains concerned about what happened. Uh, To quote former Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Craig Hendricks, a doctor who is now director of clinical pharmacology at John Hopkins
2: University, he says, Either he was egregiously sloppy with data or it was fabricated. It was somewhere on that spectrum, both of which serious raised questions about his trustworthiness. The patterns of morally questionable behavior leads me to believe serious question whether Doctor Redfield is qualified to be the federal government's chief of advocate and spokesperson for public health.
0: Now, others from the scientific community claim that uh, what we get in Robert Redfield is a sloppy scientist with a long history of scientific misconduct and an extreme religious agenda.
2: Perfect. Uh, So that's just
0: like from a glance. Now I go a little deeper and uh, let me share with you what I find. So the CDC mission statement, let's start off with that. Uh, T-Bag, you want to read this for us?
1: The CDC serves as the national focus for developing and applying disease prevention and control, environmental health, and health promotion and health education activities designed to improve the health of the people of the United States.
0: Now, back in 2016, a group calling itself, CDC Scientists Preserving Integrity, Diligence, and Ethics in Research, also known as SPIDER, uh, put a list of complaints in a letter to the CDC chief of staff and provided a copy of letter to the public by way of U.S. Right to Know uh, or USRTK.org. There's actually a lot of interesting stuff on there. But the members of this group basically file the complaint anonymously for
2: fear of losing their jobs. They're real big on acronyms down at the CDC.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is going to make the office a little weird if they file this
2: report using their identities. Um, Now, they claim... It appears that our mission is being influenced and shaped by outside parties and rogue interests. And congressional intent for our agency is being circumvented By some of our leaders. What concerns us most is that it is becoming the norm and not a rare exception. These questionable and unethical practices threaten and undermine our credibility and the reputation as a trusted leader in public health.
0: So I look a little more into this and I find this article on honeycolony.com. This is basically like some health website, I guess. Uh, But it did a good job of breaking down some of the complaints and strikes against the CDC in this letter. Now, some of the letter's highlights include a cover-up by officials to cloak mismanagement in CDC's Wise Woman program that provides screening in low-income neighborhoods for heart disease, diabetes, and other chronic health disorders. (laughs) the CDC purposefully misrepresented screening numbers in documents they sent to Congress to conceal failures in the multi-million dollar project.
2: Hmm.
0: A 2010 scandal that predated the Flint, Michigan tragedy, while not as bad, in which Congress found that the CDC had deliberately manipulated scientific documents and purposefully made inaccurate claims about the safety of D.C. drinking water, Misleading DC residents into believing that the water was safe. Um, Now, the, the letter also explained how the director of the National Center on Birth Defects and Developmental Disabilities, Colleen Boyle, orchestrated a cover up of Agent Orange and dioxin toxicity in the 1970s, depriving thousands of Vietnam veterans of health benefits until Congress uncovered and exposed the fraud. In comprehensive investigations. Instead of punishing Boyle for corruption and scientific fraud, the CDC rewarded her as director.
2: Great and... job covering that up, Carol. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're fucking director now. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now, Congrats. lastly. Now, lastly, it explained how the CDC
0: routinely allowed scientists with conflicts of interest to serve on two influential advisory committees that make recommendations on certain policies and how the majority of members of both committees have financial ties to manufacturers directly related to these policies. So, you know, that's just a little history. And furthermore, Email communications obtained through the Freedom of Information Act by usrighttoknow.org revealed that Barbara A. Bowman, director of the Division for Heart Disease and Stroke Prevention, had been communicating regularly, also known
2: as DDIPS.
0: with a leading Coca Cola advocate seeking to influence world health authorities on sugar and beverage policy. So, this article comes out in 2016 claimed that the sugar industry sponsored research which denied sugar's health risks and instead promoted fat as the dietary culprit in heart disease. Another paper published in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine in 2016 found that Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola sponsored at least 96 national health organizations at the same time the companies were lobbying against public health bills intended to reduce the amount of sugary sodas people drink. Coca-Cola's influence on certain health agencies even go beyond the U.S. and can be seen in other countries, according to a researcher, a research professor of Chinese society at Harvard university who published two separate papers. Um, these detail how Coca-Cola shaped policy and research in China, which is of course Coke's third largest market by volume. Um, these even go as far as claiming Coca-Cola may have worked through nonprofit international life sciences Institute to encourage an emphasis on links between exercise and obesity over links between diet and obesity. So, in other words, it's not the diet of McDonald's and six cokes a day that's making you obese. It's 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 simply because you <laughs> aren't getting enough
2: exercise. Yeah, because you could eat that every day and just work out. Yeah, and you're fine.
0: If you work out, you're gonna be fine. Like that's what these guys are pushing for. They're, they're helping Coke's policy into into claiming this and manipulating scientific research. Now, even down in Mexico, the article reveals that in some neighborhoods, households only have running water for a few hours per week, and it had to be boiled before it was drinkable. However, Coca-Cola and other bottled products were available for purchase in every convenience store. The Mexican government even charges the Coca-Cola bottling plant in San Cristobal, far less for clean water than the local government charges the average household. Experts in the nutrition industry have said that these relationships are troubling because the mission of the CDC is protecting public health, yet certain CDC officials appear to be close with an industry that is doing the exact opposite. The CDC is responsible for addressing rising obesity rates among children not advancing the interest of Big Beverage. The spider letter ends with a plea for CDC management to address the allegations and to do the right thing. Uh, Let's hope someone is listening, although it clearly seems that they probably aren't. So, you know, going off of this, just be careful what you're taking at face value from these organizations that become gods in times like these. Um, I myself, I've been seeing a good majority of people just kind of blindlessly reposting data and information and taking it as fact just because it's typed up or it looks legit or, you know, these organizations have put it out.
2: I mean, pretty much every page on the Internet now has a link to the CDC and what's going on right now.
0: Yeah. And look at the history of corruption in the CDC. Is this really the most trustful organization? You down with CDC? <laughs> I mean, even people in the healthcare industry are questioning the legitimacy of uh, estimates put out by the Imperial College team. I mean, we saw, as we discussed at the top of the episode, that article wasn't even peer-reviewed. And that's what has essentially spooked the government into what we're in now. Uh, and, And who can we believe? You know, What are we even supposed to do in times like these? I mean, we were talking about the martial law shit. They say you're shut down. Like, what do you... What can you even do? You, you know, There's not a lot of options here. And, and I was looking into some of the possible long-term impacts. Um, all theories aside, all speculation and politics aside, no matter if you think this is bullshit or no one's getting out of this alive, um, this is going to have lasting effects on the world economy. And uh, if we make it to the other side of this, the world that we live in and the fabric of our society is going to be different.
2: Well, you know, I've heard in times like these, you learn to live again. Dave Grohl, everybody.
1: (laughs) A lot of celebrity appearances tonight. Now,
0: now just what some of these theories are on what life is going to look like after this. Uh, I was looking up, like, um, I guess they've already got some theories going on, like work from home. Uh, They've raised the possibility that um, this pandemic could cause a revolution in working from home as major companies have implemented telecommuting arrangements for their employees in order to prevent the virus from spreading. Um, Travel, specifically business travel, um, this could have negative impacts on business travel and international conferencing as we see the rise of virtual equivalents. Um, What about
2: uh, traveling for pleasure?
0: I mean, I think once this is over, people are still going to be able to do that. Um,
2: I think, you know,
0: that should remain the same. Uh, Now, even trade and globalization that we're used to, you know, some say that um, the globalization could be jeopardized by a prolonged global health crisis. Um, We're already seeing supply chains disrupted. um, The reliance on the Chinese economy questioned. Um, Also, restrictions on immigration and increased border enforcement may now seem justified. Um, And one of the more interesting ones that I thought was climate change. So this pandemic could have mixed effects on our fight against climate change. Um, Obviously, with the onset of reduction in industrial industrial and transportation activity, emissions are going to be significantly reduced in the short term. Um, But... Emissions are expected to rebound following a possible recession. And as resources are diverted from climate action, the world's clean energy transition is going to be slowed down. Now, already many regions are experiencing a drop in air pollution. Uh, The Center for Research on Energy and Clean Air reported that methods to contain the spread of coronavirus, such as quarantines and travel bans, have resulted in 25% reduction of carbon emissions in China alone. Uh, In the first month of of lockdowns, China produced approximately 200 million fewer metric tons of carbon dioxide than in the same period last year.
2: God damn.
0: Yeah, between January 1st and the 11th of March, um, the European Space Agency observed a marked decline in nitrous oxide emissions from cars, power plants, and factories in the Po Valley region of northern Italy. In Venice, the water in the canals cleared up and experienced an increased presence of fish and water flow, Um, The Venice's mayor's office clarified that the increase in water clarity was due to the setting of sediment that is distributed by boat traffic and decrease in air pollution along the waterways. Now, despite this temporary decline in global carbon emissions, the International Energy Agency warned that the economic turmoil caused by the coronavirus outbreak may prevent or delay companies from investing in green energy. Um, so as it seems, we have taken a leap of faith off this cliff. We need to continue to gather reliable data to inform us about the possibility of landing somewhere safe,
2: like Mars.
0: <laughs> no I mean, coronavirus, there, baby. Yeah, if you think that's the safest place, go for it, man. Buy some of that land and as buzz aldrin would say get your ass to mars shout out to buzz and on that i mean there you have it what do you, you guys got anything else here the the pe- the legion needs a tldl on this
2: one
1: uh, tldl you got to do your own research man be careful who you're trusting be careful who you're listening to take care of yourselves be safe out there
2: wash those hands baby yeah, and let's try not to suck the government's
0: dick too much, man. We can't give the reptilians power. And, hey,
2: if you're buying hand sanitizer, make sure that shit has alcohol in it. <laughs> yeah, learn my lesson there. Yeah, and on that, I mean, stay safe out there, guys, and, you know, be
0: good to one another. Um, things are going to be tough, um, but it seems like for the most part, people are sticking together, um, helping one another out. I, I've I've seen a lot of good things happening Um, And if you can, you know, support small businesses because these, I think, are going to be hit the hardest. Uh, Corporations are going to be fine. They'll probably even thrive. Um, So, you know, do what you can to help the communities you live in. Um, Help your neighbors out. There's a lot of unknowns here, and and we don't have the answers. Um, But, again, you know, feel free to let us know what you guys think. Reach out if you need to. Um, Or, hell, if you're even just bored in your uh, quarantine up there. Quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, just uh,
2: (laughs) you know, you guys. There's people out there in Nebraska.
0: Yeah, some people are out there in quarantine and they're and they're bored. Um, So drop us a line. I mean, we love you guys, and most importantly, uh, try to keep a level head in all this. I mean, we got to stay calm. We got to take a breath. Um, Let's not panic. Um, You know, just stay positive, guys. And, And on that, you know, signing off.
2: As always, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you guys out there. Uh, you know, maybe you are on quarantine right now. You could uh, hit us with that subscription. Maybe give us uh, reviews. Maybe just uh, hit us up. Drop us a line in the DMs. Hit up our website, Uh We got plenty of cool stuff on there. And... Also, want to give a quick shout out to Rob Max79, a longtime listener,
0: first time messenger. Uh, thanks for the continued support, and uh, shout out to you,
1: loyal legion. Make sure you guys are staying safe. You know, our heart goes out to all of you and your families. We appreciate your continued support in this time, and keep supporting each other. And on that note, so long, and thanks for all the fish. Hey. I
0: want to develop a super virus better by far than an y 2 k This is
2: 3030 the time of global unification break right through they terminals burn them all. Slaves of Silicon corrupt politicians with leaders and their
0: keywords. Yeah. FBI and spies stealing bombs dissipate their plans in their face and catch the fever. Everybody loot the stores, get your canned goods. Even space stations are having a hard time. Peacekeepers seek to take on manhood which results in the form of global the
2: apartheid. Ghettos are
1: trash dumps with gas pumps.